Level Up Latina partners with working women and mamas alike to guide them in achieving fulfilling career and life goals through financial empowerment, professional or leadership coaching, and personal wellness. Find the unique coaching you need to succeed. You're listening to Vero, Ceci, and Irene, and we are Level Up Latina. Welcome back to another episode of the Level Up Latina podcast. This is episode 168. And today we are going to talk about overcoming a scarcity mentality. We want to focus on having good financial health. And especially as women that are first gen Latinas, independent badasses, it's so important for us to think about our mentality around money. So we are going to discuss that today, scarcity specifically, and abundance and achieving abundance first in the mind. So before we get into it, how are we doing, Vero and Ceci? We are good. I am no contractions yet, no baby yet. And I think my, uh, I'm getting hot though. I am sweating a lot. But other than that, good and happy to be here. Otra vez con toda raza. Yeah. You have until, well, you have another episode to record. Then you can start your labor. <laughs> the guest. Another one. Oh, I forgot about that. The guest. Or what are you talking about? No, then then you can start we're done. We're done, yeah, aren't we? After this one? No, por eso este. You have this oh, episode. Scared oh. me. No, no, Just, no, no, me and Vero no, understood yet another one. No, like, no, we only have this like, one. Oh, we're like, we're going to be in the labor and delivery room. So this is it. This is it. This is the finish line. This is it. Sorry, I didn't mean to scare you. Bien, yo aquí, este, mi marido está barbecuing it up. He hasn't done that in a while. Uh, he loves that. He just loves being out there and barbecuing. He's doing ribs. He's doing salmon right now for lunch. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm like, I'm, I have one more episode. I'm like, and then I'll come and join you guys. He just brought the girls downstairs because the girls had been watching TV and stuff all, all morning pretty much. So I'll go join them in a bit. Well, I'm glad that we're all together. We'll get back to our barbecue. We'll get back to cooking the baby vero. But until then, this is going to be a good one. And we are going to cover, as I said earlier, just expanding on your mindsets and making sure that you're aware of when you have a scarcity mindset. So with that in mind, I wanted to ask my colegas here, what was their first thought when we thought about this topic? Like, what, what is the first thing that comes to mind when you think about scarcity around money? I thought about oh my, my credit card and, and how I how I used to use credit cards in the past we mentioned this in the podcast before when we first got our you know first credit card in college and I just remember being you know just late on payments and I just made bad bad decisions back then and now I have one credit card that I use and I don't I don't I never have cash I never have cash I don't even use my debit card anymore at one point I was like oh, I'm just use, gonna use my credit card and then just pay it monthly so that's what I do I always just use my credit card for anything and everything I never have cash and because I, you know, I know that the money's coming in. I don't, ya no tengo esa preocupación de que, oh my God, I'm going to go into overdraft and I'm, I'm going to have overdraft fees. Like eso, knock on wood, hace años and años that it hasn't happened. So many years that it hasn't happened, probably pre-law school, probably. I don't know. So that's just, that's what I was thinking. I was just like, wow, you know, good thing that we learned and now we have the resources where it doesn't have to be that way. And I can just spend, again, I'm not going on, you know, shopping sprees left and right. It's just like, this is, this is what I, this is how much I spend. And I want to say that every month I always say, I'm like, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to spend as much this, this month. But I always, I, every month it's probably, my credit card bill is probably like 1200-ish, más o menos. Those son mis gastos. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like. My but, jaw dropped. No, right but now. it's not just, like, oh. but it's not just my <laughs> no, lunch. But, it's, but that's it's what she like uses for everything. She I pays everything with it. Yeah, groceries. With if I, that's if not I'm a gonna lot. Go, yeah. So if I'm going to go grocery shopping, if I, um, 
if I'm gonna, you know, whatever my lunch, and I, uh, and now I'm in the office three, three days a week, so I usually buy lunch, because I always forget to pack lunch, I'm trying to be more better about that now, pack my lunch to be healthier, and not, and just more conscious about what I pack for lunch, but I still, you know, se antoja. I, I said, I've sent you guys pictures, I'm like, oh my god, what, look what I'm having for lunch, uh, this week, but este, yeah, that's my credit card, and um, you know, luckily, again, we have the resources and we're never thinking or I'm never thinking like, oh, my God, how am I going to pay for this credit card this month? You know, so gracias a Dios, you know, we're OK in that department. What came up for you, Vero, when you think scarcity? Holding on to all kind of shit. <laughs> no, I think the first thing that came to mind was like, damn, I remember like when did I first like it just went like when did I first hear about this? And I remember reading this book when I was working still at Enterprise Rent-A-Car. And it was like the seven highly uh, seven habits of the highly effective people, highly effective, highly effective people, effective people. Yeah. So I remember reading about it then. And like, I mean, this is like years ago. Right. So this is like my first job out of college, like my second job out of college. I'm training, you know, they're training, developing as a lot. But I remember having a manager that was very um, really about leading, developing his team. So he's like, if you want to be a manager, if you're going to be, he said, you're going to be making good money here. <laughs> I want you to understand he was the same manager that gave me that um, the rich women, the smart women finish rich. And that was like, well, you know, there's a white dude telling me how to be a woman and make money like and save my money. So it took me back to that book and not really fully understanding the concept of of scarcity. And and then and then transitioning to like thinking like, oh, my God, the people that I've met in my life, they have gone th- gone through some really rough patches that then they feel that they have to hold on to so much and hoard because they don't know when the next time they'll be able to have that much at the same time. So, and then it just goes to my thoughts uh, immediately. Like all of this is your mindset, right? Like how you think about money and your relationship with money. So that was the first thing that came to mind when we, when we decided on this topic. That is fascinating. I always wonder like people's gut reaction or gut feeling to anything. So hopefully our listeners can do the same exercise with us. The first one that always comes to mind for me when I think of scarcity is my dad because he was cheap. My dad was like the cheapest man. He, he was like a hoarder of money, but he he always had a lot of money. And he just wanted it for what he wanted it for, you know, so it maybe wasn't for himself oftentimes that he would he would have like the most rundown clothes and the most rundown shoes and he wouldn't even want to like spend money on really anything basic but he would then go back to mexico with his family that was there and he was like baller big baller and just like like a man at a strip club just shooting money out of a shooting money gun <laughs> so it's interesting because he auto aka <laughs> <laughs> auto um so i don't think that he was cheap i just think that he was very selective about what he was cheap with but growing up how i equated scarcity was like man he always acts like he has to hoard money again just the way he dressed he dressed like if he didn't have like closets and closets of great clothes i found it very weird and strange but that's how my dad's example was and then as i was growing up i'm a lot like sissy in the sense that um i never felt scarcity with money growing up in my immediate upbringing but then when i started to have my own issues with money around like my credit card and like you said like overdraft fees and like bad money moves in my 20s then was when i first sort of realized like oh my gosh like there's not enough like be careful like don't don't get into debt or then i did get into debt and then i was like super scared like how am i going to pay this debt but thank goodness that's no longer the habits in my household but i can see that there was a lot rooted in how i was based on having like competing ideas like my mom being very generous and good with money and my dad being more of a hoarder with money and not necessarily generous but picking and choosing who deserved his time and money which is a whole nother layer of thoughts and feelings 
But so I grew up with like these competing ideas, right? Like about money and whether it was good or bad or evil or rich people are evil. And there was just so much around money that, that comes around just me being Latina. And I don't know if y'all can relate to that, but it's so important to really think about our ideas about money because in order to have more of it, we have to be aware of scarcity. We have to be aware of fear because I've always believed, and I believe this also through books, how Vero said that, you know, the more you think positively about money, the more it just flows into your life. Like you are open to receive that sounds very airy fairy but even from an intellectual standpoint there are plenty of books out there that really have this concept down and so one of the first books that I actually read around money was Rich Dad Poor Dad and how the person was growing up with a parent who is his actual biological parent who didn't understand money and then a parent of a, of a friend who understood money and for us Latinos I think we can relate to this book so much this gentleman was Asian who wrote it Robert Kawasaki we can totally relate to that I feel because we often have our families that did the best they could from humble beginnings and then we often come into contact with like Vettel said like that person who was really um, smart and well-read and had all these ideas about growth and you start to have these ideas around like oh they see money different they see business different they see life different and I think that's the first time we may realize as young adults that we have scarcity mentalities and scarcity being defined as there's not enough money when am I going to get the next paycheck or um I can't make more or just these these whole ideas that there's not enough out there there's not abundance and oftentimes you find with wealthy people they don't think like that at all so with that being said when's the first time y'all came across someone who didn't have a scarcity mentality or if you have another point before that we can go there too i wanted to i wanted to say like it's funny like when you're, you're saying all these things and like you mentioned your family i mean i think the first things we learn about money comes from our family and i feel that my parents did such an amazing job at not making we were poor and i didn't know we were poor and i've shared this before until i pretty much went to santa barbara and realized damn i am poor like even amongst our friends like there was I, we had friends that are like okay you have this and you have that. And, and it wasn't like a surprise to me i didn't feel like i didn't feel a sense of jealousy and i didn't feel like what it was just like a oh snap realization like what did my parents do to help me feel safe, secure, and that no nos iba a faltar nada. And whatever that was, I was so thankful for it because I think that really helped me understand like when I started bringing money into my life, like, you know, once we're, I think that first job out of college, you're on, your, that's when you truly, I think, become that adult. Like at college, you're still a kid. You have financial aid. Sometimes your parents might, might send you some money. Sometimes they don't. But we all know the cup of noodle. The, the cup of noodle budget, right? Like, we all have that one, so... We're all in, I like, just, scarcity mode in college. Yeah, we're all <laughs> yes. We're like, hey, me das de tus frijoles y yo te, te doy de mis tortillas. Sí, like, girl, we are barter ring. So, I felt like when I truly became, like, an adult is when I was put out into the world, real world and handling my bills, my responsibilities, and now I was making, generating this income, right, for myself. And I'm very glad that my parents um, never made money an issue. And because I was like, well, you know, we're going to make it. No matter what, we're going to make it. Because if I didn't have it before, I'm going to be okay. Because I can always go back to this cup of noodle. You know what I mean? Like, it was never like this feeling of lacking or not there being enough. So <clears throat> I think when it did was I feel that the lacking part came in and understanding how to use my money, understanding how to use my credit cards, because my parents were anti credit cards. They were like, nope, you know, don't use a card. Even I think back then, like when debit cards first start coming out, you know, it was like, oh, but start to debit to pay for everything. And my dad's like, don't use your card. 
because then money just my mom still my mom still doesn't understand that a debit yeah. and a credit card are different it's like fascinating <laughs> so it's like I, I feel that for me it started at home and I'm very thankful and grateful that my parents were were not um there wasn't a stress or this thing of like no I'm gonna that because you know what we've been we've been at the bottom before so no matter what we're gonna be okay so I think that for us for me it really made a very big big um it resonated with me significantly when it came to money where I felt like I I didn't I wasn't missing out much if I was eating frijoles you know what I mean but it really starts there I think that's like the the core thing is it starts at home and many times like our parents are learning as well as we are when they're becoming parents right they're like they don't know so when they're stressed out about money we're gonna get that so at the end of the day I, from from that I think that even with when I lost jobs or I left the job and I didn't have one lined up and I've been there a couple of times um thankfully I was I wasn't like what am I gonna do I don't have enough money for this it was always more like okay this is what I do have and how can I how can I ration this out so I can you know have enough for the next couple of months in order for me to have time to find another job or have time to do the things that I need to do while I am in this period of time and I think that's that state of mind of like changing it from focus on what you do have, not what you don't have enough of, is what really helps in in the scarcity. Is it scarcity or scarcity? Scarcity. scarcity. Thank you. <laughs> I, I speak English funny. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. English is your second language. It is. Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. Sorry. Mm. Este, well, I wanted to say that, I, you know, you, you guys touched on a couple things that reminded me of stuff. I, you, Irene, with your dad saying how, you know, he was cheap. I feel like my dad to this day, he's always trying to get like the best deal. Like he goes from grocery to grocery to like get the best deal. And then my mom and I were like, we're like, que no gastas mas dinero? Like, you know, with the gas, like going back and forth because he does that. And maybe that's just his way of like getting out and like just going. But he still does that. He still tries to get the best deal of like, donde están más, you know, más baratos los jitomates, for example. Oh, están más baratos acá en, en la cardenas. But my, no, my dad still to this day does that. Um, but again, what you were saying, Vero, that, you know, you didn't realize it until you got to college. I too, I feel like I never noticed or never felt that my parents were, you know, just making it work. I don't know how they did it, but they made it work. My dad, you know, had gone through this accident. He never worked again. And my mom was working and at times she was working two jobs, but I never felt like we were, you know, starving or not eating well. Like we always, we were always fed. Siempre, you know, we got clothes on, you know, new clothes for the first day of school. And it wasn't until we got to college, and I, you know, because of my parents, um, you know, lack of money, I was able to get full scholarships and full grants for all through all through college. I, I graduated college not owing a penny because I was able to get like a full full ride with grants and scholarships and whatever you know whatever the uc system offered at that time so that was kind of a realization and and knowing that you know other parents were giving their kids money while in college and my parents never did or or paying like their cell phones and my parents never did because at that point i feel like i was already out of the house and i you know, yo lo hacía como podía. I would use my grant money for rent, to buy clothes, to go on our random trips or whatever, you know, we did back in those college years. And, you know, that's that's when I noticed it. Um, but going back to your question, Irene, as to when we first or who taught us to, you know, kind of play better with, with money. And I think it was until I got to my old job 
at the law firm where I started working there after college and I, I learned a lot. I, I, I was one of the few Latinas at that law firm, but I learned a lot. I learned about 401ks and how it was important to start contributing to those like early on, right, for, for our later years. And I remember learning and knowing of other women, including my mom, that had 401ks, but then they would take out the money because they were, were needy, need, they needed it. Uh, but I know I knew through that job or I learned through that job that this was going to be important for me for a future for retirement to contribute like the max. And that's what I always did. All the years that I was at the law firm, I contributed the max and my my employer matched dollar for dollar. And I knew that I would never touch that money to this day. I've never touched that money. That money's still there. It's, you know, gone down with the with the crash of to you know 2008 but then it came back up so ahí está ese dinero sin tocar and hopefully keeps on growing for when you know it does time it is time for us to to retire you know ahí está ahí está ese dinero que, que incrementó and we can use it to you know for 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 a comfortable retirement you know like who doesn't want that especially us that have worked so hard to get to these roles that we're doing to build our business like you know we we deserve it agreed so those are really good tips Vettel talked about appreciating what you have Vettel talked about not feeling that there was lack growing up which is so cool because i think it's harder to develop a scarcity mentality if you're not aware of the lack and Ceci's family did the same. And then Ceci talked about long-term savings. I think sometimes when we have a scarcity mentality too, we're afraid to put money away because we don't think we're going to have more, right? So we're bad savers. And retirement plans are something that you could be averse to because you want it all right now. You want, And that's like long-term savings is a wonderful way to, what is this topic? Overcome a scarcity mentality. Like put your money away. Ceci even talked about like the crashes that happened in, in 2008. It's going to happen now with the recession upon us. Like those things are going to happen, but you said it and you forget it and you continue to invest and it's a long-term game and just that mentality i think overcomes scarcity because the fear that the money will not be there and hurry up and ripcord and take it or like in your mom's case like they had need la necesidad it's like they're not going to leave it there you know they're going to take it out and i could see that too in that side of it i wanted to talk about like um i don't know if i answered it the first time i came across maybe non-scarcity mentality um you did. I think in the community that I'm in, I, I, I think that that's been really, really great. Like living in Redondo Beach and the people who live in Redondo Beach, they just see money differently and think differently about money and have so much money apparently because people could just be using their credit card. But the point is that money is kind of played with differently around here. And there's a lot of people that are business owners. There's a lot of people that have made good um, investments and so they're able to live up with their investments and that just kind of changed my world where I started to see like money can be used to change your life passive income income from your business and it's not just a job because I think a job can keep us in a scarce place because you make such a limited amount and it's all you make and if you don't grow in that job like you can stay in that cycle of scarcity but my community has really expanded my vision for what's possible and what I can have and how I can make more and I think that that's a really important piece like Believing that you can make more is a great way to achieve a non-scarcity mentality and more of an abundant mentality because you don't get stuck. You don't plateau. Like if you believe that you can always earn more money and elevate and grow in your career and your business, like it's just going to happen. I, I, I've seen it happen so many times in my life that when I've let go of scarcity mentality where I didn't want to invest or I didn't want to spend or I was playing it safe, nothing came of it. 
But then the minute I chose the reverse and when I have invested, when I've spent, when I've gone on the vacation, money always comes back. It has always come back. And I've said this before on the show, like there's always ways where it's like two bonuses and a raise that this year, you know, because I wasn't scared of doing something good with my money, like investing it or spending it on things that I'm passionate about. And happens all the time but you have to be like open i think it's like i always envision like a closed fist when i think of scarcity and then i envision the open hand when i think of abundance and you and your body and your mindset you know when you're coming from like a closed fist or an upbringing that is like that this community that i'm raising my kids in that's not that's not what we experience but in impoverished communities there is a lot of the closed fists and trying to get things cheaper or worried that someone's trying to get one over on you or worry that someone's stealing there's like a paranoia sometimes and at least how i was raised in the community and that i think keeps you also from overcoming scarcity um, but what i was going to say is in terms of abundance like what made y'all open up and become more abundant you're both <laughs> laughing <so> <laughs> I was thinking of a story recently that my sister I, told me. My sister I was thinking of something too that you reminded me. So I'm like, go for it, go for it. Because, well, because you, you, I mean, were saying about how like you, you have to have this mindset and you go in and you know, things just happen. And I was just thinking, oh my God, yeah, with my job. I feel like, um, I don't know how much of this I've shared, but I felt like I went into this nonprofit legal aid um, taking about a $30,000 pay cut, right, from private practice to now. And I was like, well, it's just, it goes with the trade. It goes with working with um, a nonprofit legal aid. And then come uh, July of last year, uh, we, I guess every every July or so, there's like, we're part of a union. So there's a bargaining unit and they, they, they raise, they there's raises, right, for salary raises. And then last year, subió un poquito. So I'm like, okay, cool. You know that it worked. Que bueno. And then, um, this year in April, I was promoted to the coordinating attorney for my team. So that came with like another 10,000, right, um, increase. I'm like, okay, cool. And then again, for this July, um, so we're in July now, we're recording in July. So recent negoci negotiations also came came about and like another, I want to say, 13 14 uh race that i got and so now i'm only like two thousand dollars away from my prior uh salary and i'm like oh my god like how cool and crazy that all this happened i thought that you know where i was gonna be uh stuck i guess with this salary for a while and i was like well it again it comes with working for a not profit legal aid but uh the you know the 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 board and you know my awesome you guys met our executive director who's been working and vouching for us and just negotiating and looking at other nonprofit legal aids to put us like at you know up here and and raising those salaries i was everybody's so happy you know at the at the organization and i am too and i'm like oh my god i'm only like you know, a couple dollar, or you know, a thousand or two thousand, you know, away from what I was making at private practice. Like, how awesome! Y me siento super happy and excited, muy excited, como diría Selena. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean that that was another that was another that's another point that you you made me remember. It's like I came in like, okay, well, you know, it's gonna stay like this. This is going I'm gonna make, and it's gonna be okay. But now, you know. The money is just flowing. Um, our business is also doing great. También este yeah. año, gracias a Dios, también aquí, um, allí también entra that, that, that side income that's also so, so good. Y, y, y así vamos a, we're going to continue growing, you know, gracias a Dios. So. And you know what I love about your point is that your boss doesn't have a scarcity mentality. 
That is so critical because in the nonprofit sector, I've seen it. If you have a leader that isn't thinking about having a lot in abundance and paying people a lot, you're going to be stuck in that. No tenemos, there's not enough resources. We have to be this size. Like, You have to have this vision to be like, no, we grow. The more we grow, the more we make, the more we pay people, the more staff we can have. Like When you have a growth mindset and you're not scarcity in the nonprofit world, you see people elevating just like that, Sissy. Like, you give raises just like that because in a nonprofit sector, you also want to compete with not losing good people. We are one of the best sectors at knowing that we either burn people and lose yeah. them or we take care of people and keep them and we know money talks and there's a recession going on and there's such inflation so i'm so glad that your boss has that mindset y que sabe. you know let's take care of people let's advocate you said like straight up she's advocating and doing the work which is really cool but also it all worked out like the way i just did the math you're well over what you used to make because if you add your level of latina profit like i know it's more than that two oh, grand that's right, right. <laughs> that's right hey hey so, hey snap snap uh, opening up and going in a place of it's all good it all works itself out i don't have to worry about this pay cut because it's all gonna work itself out god the universe somebody always gives you that tenfold i've seen it so many times so here you are sassy leaps and bounds willing you have to be willing to put yourself in those situations i think that we are afraid of that like well what am i going to do now and i mentioned something earlier like that noodle budget the cup noodle budget like we all know that the grant like where we what our lowest amount we need to make it like to be able to do things and live our life okay we know that number the bottom number and i remember making that transition from when i wanted to leave the car industry and i jumped into the um the sports federation i knew that I'm like, I, I'm willing to take this risk of the, taking a significant pay cut and working for a very small organization, but knowing what I brought to the table. I'm like, okay, so let me understand. And I think that's where it's really important because if if I knew that I was not going to be able to make up my time, like the money that I was going to be cutting from my budget or from my income, I knew I was like, okay, if I can't rationalize it in my mind of how long it will take me to get to where I'm at today with this new organization, I am I willing to take this risk, right? So we always have to be very, not like calculated risk, but like really understand where we're, where we're putting ourselves in because it can be stressful to take that pay cut. Um, however, you have to be willing to still be like, understand and put in the work to be like, I understand what this organization's doing and I want to be part of it and I'm willing to put in the work to make the, that money or, the, or, or close that gap. So for me... I was going from the car industry into this sports f- uh, federation with a friend and, and, you know, it was it was a family, friends of a family, you know, all that stuff. I'm like, you know, it's a family owned business. So it was a small business. And they're like, hey, we just need someone to help us grow. And I'm like, OK, what is your vision? And if I match with it, can I can I really see myself doing this and helping you guys bring an influx of new clients growing this business? And if I don't believe in it, I cannot do that for them and I cannot do that for myself. But it was a risk. I was like, you know what? Everything you're asking for, I can do. And within a year, igual, I was like, okay, you know, for some reason, they had not been able to grow their events. They had not been able to get the staff. They had not been able to do all these other things. And I feel that with what I contributed and me being so open to it, it really helped. It wasn't just me focusing on me. It was me like, we're going to grow for the better here in general. And we definitely grew that organization to where my pay came back up significantly to match what I would have been making previously in management roles and, you know, running a business like a corporate business, you know, to a smaller business, growing them to over a million dollar kind of budget like business. And it really meant 
thinking out of the box and being willing to take that risk. Everyone was like, Estás loca, how are you going to pay for your house? Because at this point, remember, I had my house, I had my car, I had my things. Like, what in the world am I going to do? But I knew, like, if I make minimum this, which at that point was like, if I can make at least $49.5, I will be okay. I can pay off my mortgage, I can pay off my car, I can pay this. All my responsibilities I knew. So, thankfully, they were like, we'll meet you at like 55, but it was still a risk, right? But by the time I left there, within the five years, I was well above where I had been before. And of that 49.5 that, you know, that my mind was like, this is my bottom point. This is my noodle budget. So I think it's like you also have to understand like what you're willing to risk and what you're willing to do and be like, if you're open to it, yes, it will come back. It will come back to you because you cannot be afraid of those situations that you have to be able to take them and be like, let's fucking grow with this opportunity and see the growth in it. Because if not, you know, you, like you said, you don't have the leadership if you don't have the people there. Because I feel the leadership was already giving up. They're like, dude, we've been in business for like five years. We're still doing this. And it's like, okay, let's bring in a new perspective and do things slightly different and be open to that. That's going to also help you as a leader grow your business and allow for a new direction to take over. And it makes you like, it just helps everyone around. So I think that that's one of the best things I did. You were talking about the recession and it made me think of something. Right now, you know how times are really tough and everyone's like, inflation's ridiculous, pay's not great, all this other stuff. But I know for me that the reason I was able to take advantage and buy my house in 2008 when everyone else was losing their houses was because the only person I knew in my family that had made it in a sense with money or was my money expert was my brother. Remember I told you guys my brother was the ones like, save your money, don't spend it on dumb shit. Like you don't need a car, you need a house. You can't live in your car, you know, like things like that. So thanks to him, he was like, save your money, save your money. So I was saving my money. And when the recession hit, thankfully I had money saved, that I was able to take advantage of that situation when other people were losing their homes. I was able to come in and be like, I could create my home now. So that's what one key thing that I think is important. It's like everyone feels that right now the times are really hard and they are. They are challenging times, you know, but things are not going to get better in the next five years. So if you're in a position to set yourself up to win now, go for it. Don't overthink it because in five years, like let's say you're going to want to buy a house in five years, houses are not going to be less expensive. I don't think there's going to be a house crash supply and demand, baby. Like there's no way. But think in the sense of like, if this is what I really want, how do I position myself for the next, you know, in the next year or soon to go into and make this offer on a home that I want to build? And it doesn't have to be the perfect home, but just getting one and slowly working on it and building it and, you know, rebuilding and um, remodeling. I say go for it because it might be hard for like taking advantage of someone's like someone else's. When someone else is going through a hard time. One man's trash is another man's treasure. And the point is that right now you can get stuff deeply discounted. If you're ready for the recession, you can actually make great moves right now if you're being strategic. Like your whole point in the beginning was like you made strategic risks with your job. Maybe Sissy didn't realize she was making a strategic one too, but Mm -hmm. now they both paid back, you know, in dividends and you made more. Same thing with this recession. Like if you've been the kind of person that's been responsible going into it and good with money and not just blowing money off because you don't think it's coming, because that's another way of scarcity Mm -hmm. mentality. Like you don't save and you blow it all off and you live paycheck to paycheck and you stay stuck in that cycle. But if you have a good nest egg right now, like the recession is good. What Veto is saying is things are going to be deeply discounted. 
there's going to be opportunity all the people that were living large throughout the pandemic that monopolized on the pandemic like they're now looking for exit strategies so for instance all these like bitcoin people that lost all their money like they're about to start selling their luxury things at a discount might be a house might be a car you might be able to come up on that so take risks take risks big be strategic with your risk i think what i'm hearing from all of the women sharing today is be smart about it though budget i love that that'll brought up budgeting i think one way to help overcoming scarcity is just know your money not knowing your money is going to keep you stuck in a cycle of being afraid of money of being afraid of not having enough or that more is not coming know your bottom line numbers like how much do you bring in how much do you spend if they don't knew my credit card number that i pay off monthly she'd be really scared she was scared with yours sassy <laughs> the secret that i just said though that you pay off monthly you don't pay interest it's very important to know your bottom line expenses, your savings goals, your fun goals. Like when you can plan to spend money, then you get away from fear. Like fear of, you know, I have so many friends that I know that like don't spend because they were kind of bred in that. They grew up like not going on vacation because their parents couldn't. They couldn't. Like you can, you can afford it. They grew up in scarcity because it's situational you know, circumstances. You don't have that situation now, but there's so many people right now that don't enjoy life because they may not have the words for how they were brought up makes them feel a certain sort of way around money. And that's what we need to be careful of. If you budget, those fears can go away because again, you know how much you need to live so you spend, you know how much you need to save and you do that. Not spending as in like your cost of living spent expenses, but your discretionary expenses like your fun expenses so many people don't do the fun part because they haven't planned to have fun they haven't planned to you know spend on that yes and, yes. and you don't feel bad about that like you really can overcome scarcity by knowing like i'm supposed to spend this money on fun like i'm not being selfish i'm not being frivolous like this is my fun budget for the month and if i want to dick that off on buying like I don't know, the latest celebrity fucking shapewear, then I will buy the latest celebrity shapewear from Instagram. <laughs> I don't even know what people run out to buy. I buy myself a butt lifter. I will get a butt lifter. Perfect. Good frivolous one. If I want to get the expensive facial. What my was your outfit for the beach. My outfit, your for, outfit the beach. for the beach. Compralo, compralo. Think that there's, uh, I'm sorry, I was going to ask some a quick question. I'm going to say it. something. the opposite of that. Like, oh, you know what? And now you make more and then you're just, well, the money's to be used. I make so much money. The money's no, you have to save more when you yes. make more, though. You yes. have to save more yes. when you make more. You have yes. to invest more when you make more. It's not more to spend on the fun shit. Like, you can have so more expensive sister. fun, but you better be saving. <laughs> also, my sister, I'm like, that's how, like, my sister's a nanny, and she works with very wealthy families. But she's, like, surprised at how they they do things, right? And she's like, oh, my God, I can't believe that they're, like, eating expired stuff. Or, like, you know, or they really limit how they spend on this. Like, they'll go buy groceries but they're like, oh, give it to the little ones. The little ones don't know that that's supposed that it's not supposed to taste stale. Like, she's like, who does that? But the way they spend their money, she's like, okay, she's like, that's one weird story. I was like, that sucks. You should not be giving your kids just because they don't know any better, like an expired shit or stale shit, right? But she's like, yeah, that she's like, she won't. Um, she buys, she gets everything for free. La, la señora, she'll like go and get everything for free on like facebook marketplace or like wherever you know like next door things like that but the things that she has that she wants to get rid of las vende oh my god she doesn't give them away <laughs> for free. las vende, yeah. las vende. Mm -hmm. and she you know she puts them on there puts a price on it and that's what it is she's like she doesn't budge but she's like these two people like this couple like they're well off one of them's like works for the government as like a lawyer and clearance and all this stuff and she's like a producer so they make cash and they come from family that has money so I was telling you, I'm like, that's the thing. Like these people, people like that, like they understand that 
you certain things are okay like you can get things here for at this amount that you value it at but whatever you're going to give away has more value than what they you know than that uh, people will think it has i'm like but that's how they keep their money they're not going to just give shit away you know or spend frivolously on something they like, know it has to be very calculated very understood and their value of it needs to really match there because if not no i'm like that's how they keep their money but she's like i am so surprised at how they spend money and how they don't and i'm like well that's how most people should be we should be a lot more cautious with how we spend it but also know how and why we're doing it like irene you brought it up like if you know that you this is for your fun fund go spend that damn money on that don't go be like, oh, I was too, I, I fucked up and I should have used this for for the house groceries or for my car. No, if I can use it for what it's meant to be used. And these people keep their money for that reason, because they know that this is what they're using it for. And they're super cheap on everything, you know. So I kind of like that. Que, lo que me quedo de herencia de mi papá, que I, I do sometimes feel like I can be cheap on certain things, like, but I enjoy that puzzle. Like I enjoy that puzzle of like having a good vacation versus the value versus I read reviews. Like, I'm obsessed. I'm anal with it, right? Like, where can I get a deal? Like this Airbnb is yeah. better than this Airbnb. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get more for this Airbnb. Yeah. Like my friends will come to me and be like, well, apples for apples. What do you think about these Airbnbs? And I'm like, well, there's a formula. What are the reviews on both? What is the distance? Do you need to pay for Ubers to get to your distance? Because that's more expensive. It's like this whole puzzle. But I think I get that from my dad. Que he was like vero like he was cheap to a to a point but then he was lavish to a point what did he find value and then there's things like that that i am so lavish when it comes to like eating expensive food me vale. i'm lavish when it comes to gas like who's gonna fight it who's gonna fight it like gas is gonna be what it costs who's gonna get a better deal you, it's gonna cost what it's gonna cost it's like i'm not gonna drive for two cents cheaper over here or even a dollar cheaper time is money so there's some things in my life que yo no me hago la, la vida imposible. it's like if gas is gonna be 20 dollars a gallon i'm still gonna use it i'm still gonna use it i'm still gonna pump the gas so i the price tag doesn't even matter to me but there are other things where i'm like oh i can get a way better deal i'm not buying that there <laughs> so she's like that part that part. yeah for sure yo también con la comida when i go grocery shopping like no me estoy fijando like okay how much does this cost how much does this brand like i just like what i like i grab and nunca me fijo nunca me fijo en los precios my parents still do that um my on on when was it on thursday we took them out uh, my sister and i took my parents out well for my dad's belated father's day uh, lunch and then you know you know my sister and i split and then we both like you know left it my mom i saw my mom eyeing the receipt you know like it's like <laughs> porque like who cares you know like oh de cuanto de propina algo así um but no yeah so ya no me fijo no me fijo en, en lo que cuesta lo que si sí me fijo it's like i um, ya no nunca me voy a comprar lentes de designer que cuestan yeah. 400 yep. no ya no like pa que like no los cuido bien i have kids like no something cheapy that's cute whatever style eso me compro pero ya no to splurge pero la comida también es igual que tú like ah, whatever you know and um and with vacation too it's just like um we need it we deserve it and you know why not we're gonna stay at all, all inclusive in cabo yes para no salir estar allí y nomás salir a, a los antojos right like de la comida uh, just to just leave the all exclusive to go eat out with some anything that i'm craving fish in this case <laughs> <laughs> That is so trippy. I, you know, it's funny too. Like even when we were kids, we would go to the rancho and that's all we went to. Like it didn't feel like yes. this is our only option. <laughs> it's so trippy, you know? I mean, we like, look forward oh, to it. Here we go again. It was like, I was really excited. <laughs> Las vacaciones. Las vacaciones. Vamos al rancho. And then like, just I just trip out. Like, you know what? Now, like we are so blessed. And I think it really, even like having the right people around you, right? Like I feel that, you know, um, Irene, you know, your experiences like in your community, Ceci, like being able to like 
refer to friends being like, hey, you know, no, don't worry. Like, it, things are going to be all right. Like, you're, you're where you're starting in this new organization. Like, this is what, the, you know, having an understanding of how those worlds work. Uh, or having, you know, your sibling understand things. That t- thankfully, they're a little bit older than you and they've lived life. And they're like, hey, don't trip out. Like, it's going to be, it's this is how it works out. Take care of your shit and take care of you and and plan out your mm-hmm. money. Like, un- like I s- Irene said, like, you need to understand it, how it's coming in. And I think a lot of the times we don't, like, there's still times I think, like, Vero from, like, first job in college where I'm like, okay, I'm getting paid this much an hour. This piece of clothing cost me this much. This is this much of my work. Is it worth it? <laughs> you know, like, sometimes they even go back to that. But, sometimes, you know, like, you need to do that. You need to remind yourself, like, yes, it's worth it because I have put in the work and I have it. And guess what? I am going to be okay because it's going to come back to me again. But if we don't learn from that shit, oh, no. No, yeah. se, se repite, tus hijos lo repiten. Like, we teach our kids, like, it's not that things are expensive, because our parents like, oh, está muy, muy caro, right? It was expensive to them. Things were expensive to them, like Ceci's mom's looking at the receipt. It's like, what has value? It's not expensive yeah. if it's valuable. It, it really isn't. If you can truly afford it and it's worth having, it isn't expensive. So we've had that debate with the guilt-free squad members, and we've been talking about paying for hired help and paying for maids, and our parents being critical of that, and our mom's not, you know, totally accepting that and thinking, like, in a way, my mom's like, ¿Qué te like, you know, I cleaned houses my whole life. I can't believe you have a maid. And it's like, to me, my time is valuable. My marriage is valuable. I don't want to fight about a dirty house. I, that's not me now, but back in the day when we had a maid, it was because Diego and I were like, we can solve this problem with money. Not in the egoic, no somos similes, somos creídos. But yeah, if we're going to fight about dishes and it's going to drain us, we're going to be annoyed once a week, let's just have come someone do our dishes once a week because we don't want to fight about dishes. Again, that has changed because now our kids are learning how we had to learn, which is they are a big part of the home. Just because we still have money and we can still spend on a maid, we don't have one right now because there's five people in this household that can contribute equally. So when we clean this house, there's five different people, 10 different hands. So my kids are learning like we don't have a maid. They don't remember the times when mom and dad needed a maid because we (laughs) were driving them crazy when they were little and it was driving our marriage crazy. So that was valuable, right? Right now, we don't see the value of a maid. At either points in our life, it wasn't expensive. But my mom would say things like, oh, no, esto me caro. ¿Cómo lo vas a pagar tanto? And I'm thinking, mom, you were a housekeeper like 30 fucking years ago. Like, of course they paid you significantly less. I'm going to pay this woman what I'm going to pay her. Like, she's on the bus. Like, I got to think about her life. I got to give her a bonus. She's like, oh, hell no. And I tell her that I give the gardener a bonus. And she's like, why? Why? <laughs> but our parents are thinking scarcity. And they're thinking like their life. My mom, of course, back in the day, what they paid the gardener, what they paid the maid, like she no got that at all. Like the change in like, no, mom, you have to pay them what they have to make now in today's dollars just because you're loaded with all your retirement funds everywhere. And she goes like, you can now, you can do it yourself. Why are you going to pay somebody? You can- mi no, madre. the thing is I don't want to do it myself. No, mi mamá le va los pinches pisos on her knees. I mean, she can barely walk now because she's like cleaning yeah. a whole house on her knees. My like- mom would make a scrub, the little in-between things, the, ¿cómo se llama el the, the grout? The grout? the grout thank you i'm like i can't think right now but the grout we would like once every two months we were on our knees with a little bowl and a little toothbrush and fucking scrubbing that little grout and i'm like never again and then, and since then i was like i hate having like pisos así de yeah oh yeah freaking grout because it takes me to the grout stories of like being I know. on my knees I'm watching that shit. But now, Doña Brenda and Doña Mari can clean the yeah, grout. Yeah, you guys are ballers. Go. I'm like, here, let me look. Quiero que limpies el grout ahora. Aquí tienes tu toothbrush. Aquí tienes tu toothbrush. Toda la tarde. I want Doña Mari to start following that girl that we follow para que enseñe tricks. Yes. I don't know show if she has Instagram, Mari. but I'll show her. Show her. I love her. Amaura, Vanessa, what's her name? 
Amaro. 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 Vanessa Amaro. 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 I know we, we, it is a tangent. But I was like, ¿Dónde te conseguiste eso? Like, Value. No a creer. Value. A creer. She's like, I was at a Goodwill, and I saw it, and she was curious about what it was, and the, the dude's like, oh, it's an electrical mop. She's like, mm, guess what? I'm buying it. She's like, it was $15. Good for her. But the time it saves her mopping my whole house, this is there's a lot of square footage here, you know? <laughs> like, Good for her. Like, Good for you. I was, like, I was like, thank God, because I got tired of asking her to mop twice, because that would be easier. <laughs> You know, la primera pasada. You know how your moms are too, right? Oh, I know. Like, tres pasadas. Una la empieza, la, la dos bien pesada y la última nomás para asegurarte que todo quede bien. And yeah. I was like, I'm like, can you give one more pasada, please? And I don't have to, I, could, I don't feel guilty about asking her because it's an electrical mop, so I'm good. <laughs> I know that these existed. <laughs> I, yeah, I've never heard of one. I wanted to buy one of those little, like everyone tells me about the ones that roam, roam around the room by themselves. Oh, the robot? Yeah, does that the really robot. work? That seems weird, but I have so much dog hair. They work? Yeah. I'm going to get one. Everyone tells me. Y con los perros en la casa, like, I just need it. I needed to kind of get into the crevices. and We sweep like three times a day because of the dogs. But that's, again, value. We thought the lab was worth it. Now la chinga todos los días con dos perros. You're find that Roomba worth it. Yeah, that Roomba is really worth it because I wanted to own two freaking bougie dogs that are very expensive. I just spayed one this weekend. That's a whole other thing. But value, value. I have to remind myself. But anyway, we're going to wrap this episode unless my partners have anything else to share, any dying thoughts as we wrap up scarcity mentality. Um, some of the hot notes that I took down is just budgeting, making sure to be strategic with the risks you take because the world will give you back what you're open to receive. So be open. Believing on that note is you have to believe that you can change kind of the mindset that you may have had in the past or may have been brought up with, with believing that money is an evil thing or a limited thing or not for you. There is a lot of money in this world. And if you have a hard time remembering that, Look at all the wealth in this world. Spend time at a place like Montecito, California, Malibu. Um, drive through Beverly Hills and see all the money there. All the money there. Why can't it be in your pocket? Why can't it be yours? Like there are business owners that are in these very wealthy communities. And there are people that own these big, beautiful homes. And you say whatever you want. Some people say like sometimes people may be living paycheck to paycheck to have those things. But how did they get there? Like how did they even manage to be able to front? So there's so much money in the world. So believe that you are worthy and deserving that's a good way to overcome scarcity mentality is believe that it can be yours believe that it can be yours and what happens with belief is that you start to stretch and grow and do more when you believe we're not just saying like airy fairy vas a creerlo and it's just gonna fall from the sky no it's just a matter of your mindset being just more evolved and understanding that you may have these ideas around money that are actually limiting you and keeping you kind of locked in this box of scarcity so the last note is be bold so budget believe and be bold be bold with your life you only have one life to live so if you have felt really scarce for the last 20 years 30 years 40 50 years you're listening to this and you're like i've always been afraid of money i've always struggled with money like ya basta that's enough like it starts today and we're talking about baby steps like budgeting we're talking about reading books that mentioned a really good book i mentioned a really good book like rewind this one but any books that can get you to think differently any podcast like this one there's so much free content to get you to change your mind around money and not being scared about it so find those podcasts find those companies find those instagram pages to be inspired and just be bold with your money moves and your decisions and on top of that Keep going. Boundaries. También. Tell your family. I oh, another good B. Hard because of you. Good. What did you say? Little expand. That's another B. Boundaries. And boundaries and boundaries. When you're the one making money, like it's it's like everyone's like, hey, me prestas o me das, or they're like, hey, let's all have a family party, and then no one pitches in, and you end up paying for everything. Like, 
It's one thing to be wanting to give, like, hey, I make enough, I make a lot, I want to contribute, but I want to contribute my fair share because I make more than everybody else here, but making sure that everyone else is also held accountable to it. So setting your boundaries with your money, with family, with friends and people around you is going to be so important too. So be bold and with that, hold up your boundaries and pones limites a las personas que no más quieren, quieren y quieren. I love that point. Thank you, Beto. I love that point. That's a fantastic point. Like, be careful because you can also be naturally generous or you're feeling guilty. The two Gs, right? Mm -hmm. You're already generous or you feel guilty because si te tocó a ti and you're bountiful and God gave you, like, I sure shit don't have that problem. Like, I know how hard it is to work by what I came by and what I have. So, then me no se aprovechan. Maybe once, but the second time, I'm like, uh, yours is going to be 72.50. I'm like our friend Cynthia. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like yeah. the kind that's like, I'll be super generous with you. And then it comes back and it all works yeah. out. You know, like, yeah. it just always works out. I don't worry about that. But there are some people, because you're right, that especially in your family, they think that, you know, oh, you're, you're going to hook it up. You're going to hook it up. So, careful of those people that are actually yeah. just vultures out to get you so be bold have boundaries believe and budget and on that we want to remind you today is september 14th i believe and that means that you have 10 days to get your tickets to our event on september 24th 10 freaking days you do not want to miss this event we are so excited this is a life-changing event if you want to talk about mindset and mentality you need to be in an event like this it's going to change your life just to have this energy in your world these women that will be there the topics that we'll cover the free goodies and giveaways that we have in mind the testimonials that you'll hear so come to brunch with us this is our breakthrough brunch september 24th 11 a.m it's a saturday what else are you gonna do on a saturday in september a beautiful saturday with us at the she shed so join us join us join us all the information is on our website leveluplatina.com is that website you can also find it on instagram or facebook going through the links there our handle is at level up latina on twitter we're at latina underscore up we're not as active there but we will share some information on our event on our twitter soon so please reshare it retweet it we would love to get the word out bring your brussies bring your comadres bring your mama bring someone that you know needs to change their mentality around money and life and leveling up so if there's any questions that you have for us or any comments on this, you can either hit us up on Instagram or Facebook or send us an email. Our email is admin at leveluplatina.com. And other than that, money flows freely and effortlessly into our lives. And we need to believe it. And my beautiful co-hosts here, they know that. Our co-founders here know that we are balling, but not balling on a budget anymore, which is not, exciting. Not no more. That's right. No, no more. We have arrived. And we continue growing. So... Um, <laughs> so to abundance and an abundance mentality and to a healthy wealthy life I still crave a couple noodles here and there though yeah ramen for sure we keep it on stock we keep it on stock mom mom please don't come at us with the health all right love you girl okay